welcome to the Bet on Me podcast, the ultimate resource for softball players looking to take control of their training and reach their full potential. I'm your host, Krista Stoker, and on this show, we'll be discussing everything from taking a holistic approach to your training to data-driven strategies for maximizing and growing yourself, not only on the field, but off. At S2 Breakthrough, we believe that athletes should lead their own journey and push past any perceived ceilings on their talent. So join us as we explore the world of softball player development and help you bet on yourself. Because when you bet on yourself, you can't lose. All right, we are here with episode one of the Bet On Me podcast. Super excited to kick off with uh, me and Ashley talking a little bit about the sort of history of S2 Breakthrough. And I think uh, probably versions of this, a lot of people have heard in different sort of cut up, whether we've been on other podcasts or we've talked about it and, and things that we've released from S2. But I think it's really important for us to sort of start with it because really two reasons. One is I think there is a, a view. Sometimes it feels like maybe we're always changing or we've been changing a lot um, in the past few years. So getting an idea of why that has been the case, I think is really important for people to just understand our journey, understand sort of what we value about player development and growth. Um, And then I think sort of learning, you know, whether it's from the perspective of a small business or the perspective of our athletes' journeys, sometimes we see just where it is now or the end, right? Like some, some finished product, although I wouldn't say S2 Breakthrough is a finished product, but we see some finished product and uh, we forget everything that went into learning along that journey. So I think understanding that S2 is uh, over 10 years old um, and has been something that's been in the works and evolving for us a long time, um, it's just important to understand us and then to hopefully to give our athletes and our families some perspective. So uh, that's why we like to share this story. And I think why I wanted to kick off this podcast with this story is just to give people that perspective. So uh, here we go. Uh, we are going to start this uh, episode mostly with talking about chapter one of S2, which is sort of uh, before we really got our integrated team and brought on staff that helped us build a more integrated system of what S2 Breakthrough looks like. So Ashley, maybe if you want to kick it off with talking a little bit about when we very first started having conversations uh, about starting S2 Breakthrough, what sort of pulled you to want to do that? Uh, what pulled you to want to do that with me? Like, how did that play out for you as wanting to start something like S2 Breakthrough? What were the things that drove you to do that at that time? Um, yeah, wow. What a, what a lifetime ago, what it feels like. But um, we met when we were coaching at the University of Chicago, which we probably have talked about quite a bit. Um, And we were both on different tracks. So you were in law school there, obviously plans to become a lawyer. And uh, I was working in research to go to medical school. So we had other plans for what our careers would look like, obviously. And then, um, you know, we both had this a career and we love the game. And for me, you know, I, I really hadn't even planned to, to be coaching at that point. I just moved to Chicago, was going to be working, applying to medical school. Um, and I was dreaming about coaching. I mean, it was like very much just like in my soul still, whether or not I wanted to shake it or not, I don't know. But, um, so I, that's what really drew me toward coaching at the University of Chicago. Like, as I said, that's obviously where we met. And then I don't know, there was just like something different. I felt like 
not that I was trying to get away from the game, but there was no part of me like trying to chase the game. I was, I had this different path played, like, you know, like laid out for myself and like, you know, that's why I went to Emory. I was going to go to medical school and, and I just like kept getting like pulled into this intense feeling of like, you belong in the game, you belong in the game. And I just felt like, you know, I had teammates growing up that I played with that, you know, were going into coaching. And when I would talk to them, it was very much about like, this is what I'm good at. Or like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in school. I went to school to play softball. So, you know, and not to say that that's how, why most people end up in coaching, but I just felt like there was a different, there was something different about my insides and what they were trying to tell me. Um, and so then when I met you, I felt something so similar from you. I felt this, like you couldn't get away from coaching. And again, not that you were like trying to, but you weren't actively, it just was like, it was in you. Uh, and, and I think this, this sense of like, I feel different. I feel like this calling, if you will, to do something in the game, you feel this calling to do something in the game. Like we should stay in the game and we should do something. We should do something big. We should do something different. We should make a big impact. I think that's really where this like initial feeling came from of like, let's start something. And obviously now in hindsight, we had no idea what we were doing and like what we thought, like making an impact or, uh, you know, like, you know, getting involved. We didn't know. We didn't know what, 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 you know, what we were actually like our plan was, but we felt our insides telling us like, you got to stay in. And so I think that that is just the initial piece of like, let's start a facility. Let's start training. Like I, I don't think we had much thought other than that. It was just like, let's build something ourselves. And so since, you know, you had a family member that had built a facility, it's kind of felt like that's where we should go, you know? So I think that's kind of where it started for us. It's pretty simple, but it was rooted in like this really deep emotional connection. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking as you were talking there is <clears throat> I'm not sure that this is something I've, I've fully reflected on, but I mean, right before I went to law school in my senior year, really most of the years of my college career, but definitely in my senior year, I had some real hard conversations about whether to keep playing. Um, because at that point, you know, I, I never had some, I think you had probably a little more success in the field than I did. I never had some, uh, great individual career. My team did very well in college, um, which was really fun and awesome. And I made amazing friendships, uh, you know, to this day. Um, but, it was really hard. We went to academic schools. Um, my schooling was hard. I was trying to prepare to get into law school. So I was studying for the LSAT. I was doing a lot of things and I wasn't starting all the time and it was grueling. And, you know, I had some conversations with my family about whether I wanted to keep uh, playing. But interestingly, as I was reflecting on what you said, what always pulled me in the game was this desire to like help everyone get better. And, and I really, even then had more of a role of coach. Uh, it's very interesting that people came to me because I wasn't necessarily that good on the field. So, uh, kind of an interesting person to come to, but that was really always was my passion was like, couldn't we do things better? And I don't think I really self-reflected on that or could articulate, which then I think led me to probably initially go into coaching, just like mimicking what I had seen without really asking things. So I think for me, it, that was the feeling of like, I can't get away from this feeling of helping people, I guess. And in in the avenue, I felt like I could do that most was um, 
I thought being a lawyer and uh, coaching. So that's why I did them simultaneously. And then I realized like helping people in the way that coaches can was much more impactful to me than anything I had sort of experienced or was trying to do in any other path. And, and I definitely felt that same spirit with you. And I think that's what we started. And um, from my standpoint, S2 Breakthrough at the beginning was really about what we thought it looked like to build tough, strong women. Um, and so it was about providing a platform. And at that time it was lessened and we coached travel ball, um, to build tough women. Um, and so maybe I'll just kick that to you of, uh, what you think we thought that looked like at the time. Um, and then we can kind of go into maybe just over the years a little bit, how that sort of thought process has evolved for us. Yeah. I think even like connecting to my original response there of like what I, what I felt around the game was like this sense of magic. Like I felt this sense of like, I am my most capable, my strongest self and, and not always like physically, as you said, my career while I had some success in college was ended in injury. And so, you know, I, my career was sort of cut short my senior year and such, but like there was this sense of, I don't know, like the game was magic. Like it turns you into this like superhero or something, you know, where where like the people on the outside just couldn't quite understand that. So I felt this like really strong obligation to help spread that. Like this, the game gets inside of you. I think that's a line from A League of Their Own actually. So I don't want to take credit <laughs> for that, but like it's inside of you, you know, like there's no other way to explain that. And, and so I thought like, we're going to spread that. But for our generation. And honestly, like so much of my identity, you talk about like what a lot of athletes do after college, they go coach and they teach how they were taught. I mean, that's just the nature of it. There's no blame there. It's just kind of how it goes. And so for me, my identity as an athlete was like Rocky Balboa. I mean, literally my childhood hero, right. I'm like from Philadelphia, this small, like I felt like Physically, I'm smaller than everyone, but like my insides, my soul, my brain is so much more resilient and strong and tough. And I was able to climb mountains I shouldn't have been able to. I was able to defeat people I should not have been able to. And I was like, see, the game is magic. And so there was like this like toughness, like I can defeat anyone, run through whatever wall. And so to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. So like, that's what I had to teach people. I have to teach people to be really tough and to be this like warrior and to out hustle and to, you know, out and not to say like, I think those things are wrong by any ways, but like, that is what I solely thought our contribution was in the game was to like teach girls and young women how to be just incredibly tough and resilient. And again, I think those are amazing traits and, and skill sets. And I do think the game teaches you that in the long run, but the way in which we implemented that was in this very like traditional disciplinarian way, like consequence way. And in reality, when you look back, it's like fear driven, like, like we're in charge. We're going to tell you what's good. We're going to tell you when it's not good. If it's not good, shame on you. There's 10 consequences, like a way that now I'm like, that's idiotic. You know I mean? I, but that's all we knew. And that's how we were coached. Right. And, and honestly, like I had tough coaches, but I loved them. You know, I had coaches that in the moment I was like, Oh my God, this is brutal. But, but like 
afterward. I'm like, I'm so thankful for them. You know, they taught me this, they taught me that. And I still believe that. And so I felt like, well, they won't know it now. My athletes won't know it now, but in a couple of years, they'll be so thankful. I made them so tough and strong. And, and obviously as we'll get to like along the way, we realized like, that's not exactly it for a variety of reasons. One, because that's not exactly it. But two, that is not how you get to athletes. This is not like the Ashley show, the Krista show, and we decide how things get taught. Obviously, as our journey went on, we realized like there is to really get to really, really make an impact on somebody. You have to understand them. And what that has turned into, obviously, for us is just something way beyond what we ever could have fathomed, you know, 10, 11 years yeah, ago. For sure. I was thinking of you know, I think a common, not to get too like meta here, but a common conversation that people are having now is like reparenting themselves. And I think in many ways we were learning to re-coach ourselves, which is, yeah. you know, there's some grace with our coaches in the same way that you say you have a lot of respect and good relationships with a lot of these tough coaches you had. So did I, and they impacted me greatly. Uh, one being my brother, um, who I'm sure will listen to this and who was very tough as a coach. Um, but I think that you only knew what you knew then. And we only knew what we knew then coming in. And now there's just so much more information coming out of, uh, what tough means and how to really, you know, teach tough, uh, or to support people through that. And I think that growth that we've had in learning how to do that has been enormous, um, for ourselves personally, but then as we've sort of learned how to put that into S2 breakthrough. So let's talk a little bit about, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, that's what growth is. It's like you recognize the people that came before you, you're grateful for that. Like I wouldn't even have changed anything about how I was coached. I don't wish I was coached now. I just think like, no, that was part of my journey. That's how I got to where I was. And then I take what was really solid about that approach. And then maybe now that I'm, you know, more adult than I was when I was 25 and getting into coaching and, and thinking, you know, like, what are the things I can grow? And then I hope obviously the athletes that we coach do the same things of like, you know, they thought they had it they were so great, but really this piece was missing. Like, I hope that happens because that's how then generation after generation just like keeps the ball rolling, keeps, you know, keeps things growing. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit here about sort of, uh, the, the transition. So we started S2 breakthrough just so everyone knows what it looked like. It was pretty traditional. We gave lessons. Um, I think the things that at the time were a little untraditional were it was women run, which, you know, it's, to be honest, that was a little, uh, unconventional at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, we had some group lessons we did, uh, like all year round. So we took like seasonal approach. We had strength and conditioning. So there were some sort of holistic components that we were definitely looking at at the time that were important to us to include from the beginning. Um, but I think there was sort of this like clear chapter, um, probably about five years in, uh, sort of like the halfway point. Um, sort of five years in totally a couple of two to three years in of owning the the physical location of looking around and thinking really like, do we have a space in the game as we were learning and questioning things? Where is our role in the game? Where do we feel like we can make the biggest impact on um, the athletes? And I think you and I were sort of separately searching for those answers as we were realizing that things weren't translating. I know for me, one of the things I had, and maybe you can then kind of give some examples of where you really felt this, but one of the things that always used to bother me is that people would ask, why isn't 
Sally hitting as good as she does in here in the games. Um, and, and my default was always to say, well, we're working on whatever at that time I might've said something like getting through extension and she's just not able to do that yet. Like I all, it was the only way I could answer was to put it back on the athlete of like, I mean, obviously we're doing the right things here and this yeah, setup. Yeah. So it's just something about her inability to translate what we're doing here. Um, yeah, it's obviously Sally's that, problem. That was the only, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was the only answer. And it wasn't coming from like a negative place, but it was really the only answer I had because I, in my mind, it was like, I mean, I'm doing yeah. all the right drills. We're doing, you're doing, you know, you're doing all the right things. So like, obviously it's just her problem. And, um, I think that started bothering me, uh, that that was always my answer. Like it just didn't feel right. And I was so obsessed with getting athletes better even then, even though I didn't feel like I had all the tools that I just started searching. And around the time that I started searching for things, baseball was really evolving and there was, you know, Statcast came out. So yes, we could talk about like data driven and all of these science things, but to me, without realizing it, a big sort of transition for us was when data became more public in baseball. And so you could see like what makes a good baseball player. And because you could see those things and people were starting to measure that training was really evolving of like, what are we trying to accomplish here? And so I was really trying to follow what was happening and starting to do different drills and things I was seeing on social media without really knowing where I was going with that. But just this like urge to follow that path of a feeling of like really trying to help athletes get good in a, in a word, like using good from more of an objective standard. So that started sort of my journey, um, on this path to where S2 is now. So maybe talk a little bit about, you know, your own experience with those types of feelings. Yeah. I'm going to back up because I think early on, you know, we like opened this facility. We're like, yeah, you know, like we did it. Like we did it. We opened a building, you know, and that was hard work. I mean, like, you know, as you know, we gutted a facility, we built it with our bare hands. I mean, when you talk about putting your blood, sweat and tears into something like, I mean, co-founding a business has been a wild ride. It's been way harder than we ever imagined in the, in the most beautiful way, of course. Uh, and, and then, you know, literally building a facility essentially uh, with our bare hands is, was a whole nother beast. So we were proud of ourselves. We started off, we're really excited. We're giving lessons and, you know, it was traditional, but it, like, it didn't feel traditional. You know, it was just like, no, this is yeah. special. The magic is here. It's here. This is it. Um, and then I think, you know, as things were going, you know, as things were rolling, I had a similar experience. I started just like going out to games and watching some of the pitchers. Uh, obviously I've always been on the pitching side and, and I just like saw a disconnect, like, well, that's not what Sally looks like with me. Oh, well, that's not what, you know, Susie looks like we, but that's what, so I just was like, this isn't right. I'm not really getting to them. And I did feel the magic in, in lessons because it was like, you know, pitching is something that I don't know, as always, you know, arguably, I don't know why it's in my veins the way it is, because I'm not really the size or the stature to be like, you know, like, but pitching is something, I don't know, there's just something so amazing about it to me. I just think like when someone can handle the circle, I feel like they, they just like can take on the world. I've always felt that way. So when we were in sessions, I felt like I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to be like tough on them, but they're going to be responsive. And and we're going to like, love it. It's going to be like this supercharged atmosphere. And it was, and honestly, like the parents were like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's bring my daughter right. to pitch with Ashley because she's bouncing up and hitting the ceiling, you know? Um, <laughs> 
And so like, it felt magic. It felt like magic in there. It felt like this like awesome energy, but then you would go and watch the games and just like, that's not, there's no translation. And so that's where like my insides, uh, as I, you know, you talked about this, like you, you could feel yourself like not, you know, like I'm a bit, I'm an internal person. Like I feel yes or no in my gut before my brain even catches up, you know? And so I'm like, I, I felt like, no, this is not right. Like your kids don't, they're putting on a show. Like you're putting on mm-hmm. a show. That's not your right. intentions. My intentions were like to make everyone like work hard, get better, love pitching. My intentions were there, but I was putting on a show and they were then just participating in that show. And then as a result, like the show was over 30 minutes later, right. 45 minutes later, 60 minutes later. And that bothered me because that was not my intention is to just like make it this like, you know, this like surface based show. I don't know how to put it. So yeah, so that sat. And so I went into this, like, I'm going to start, like, I need to, I need to be better. So I'm going to, we're going to go to clinics. We went to all the NFCA. We didn't belong at NFCA. What the heck? Like we weren't in the college game anymore. Like we were just going to all that we wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And I was listening and this is not a, this is not a dig, but I was listening to all the panelists and everyone up on those stages. And I'm like, no, I heard this before. Arguably, I, I kind of knew this because that's what my pitching coach in college used to tell me and I'm like this can't be right like how come how come during the same time period we're hearing things about hitting we're almost hearing like controversial types of things right like this coach is coming up saying this and the other coach is still saying this like I was kind of digging that controversy a little bit like ooh, we got this little like we're we're pulling a little bit you know back and forth you're having discussions yeah yeah you're having actual discussions yeah yeah Yeah, we're challenging each other about like right you you know i kind of think this or we're seeing this or information is telling us this and meanwhile i'm pitching i'm like it's kind of a i mean i don't know it's really stagnant it's really stagnant and Mm -hmm. that in itself bothered me because i think on a personal level i felt like like, why are we traveling to all these conferences and I'm still feeling stagnant? It's not because I know so much. It's because, like, the information is literally stagnant. And then in addition to that, I just felt like, yeah, kind of like I was getting lost. Like, what am I going to do? And then as as that really started happening and hitting, I know I just felt like, you know, I have a relationship with pitching. I feel this, like, obligation, this responsibility. It helped me grow into who I am. It's kind of like when I think about the game, I pitching is at the center of that for me. And so I'm like, I owe it to the pitching to figure this out. Basically, I guess is how I, I felt. And so, you know, I was watching the journey you were on from a hitting standpoint. I was seeing what was happening in baseball with overhand throwing and hitting. And I don't know, I guess I just was like, I don't think I necessarily had this like conscious decision of like, I can be the one to figure it out. I don't think it was like that. I was just like, I got, I I have to figure this out. I mean, I was more of just of like, I don't want pitching to be left behind. So I just, I don't know. I think we just started like, let's do it. Let's just literally start trying to figure this stuff, this stuff out for pitching. Let's just like jump in and do it. And that was, I mean, I'm so glad we did that, but, um, we were all wrong to start. I mean, with the things we like gravitated toward, I'll say we, but it's mostly me. And, uh, and the things we gravitated toward were wrong, but that's okay. It got us in there. There was a really tough time period for me. The vulnerability required. There was no, there was no one taking the lead. There was no, like, it just, it felt like, you know, driving blindfolded and, and the vulnerability of like, I don't know anything now, like questioning yourself is a really tough space. And, 
um, in hindsight, I give ourselves a lot of credit for that. We were young enough that we were like, eh, would we do it that now? I hope, I hope so. You know, I hope we yeah. would go in like right now we're very vulnerable to information and such, but like, had we started at a later age, I don't know if it would have turned into the same thing, but that's kind of what it looked like. We were just like, let's go for it. Let's start collecting information and let's just start seeing what that information is telling us. And that looks like buying tech, getting people, mm-hmm. as you'll talk about, collecting biomechanics data, just like traveling for free at different universities, different pitchers, running studies inside of our own facility, asking pitchers to come in, collecting ball flight data. Like we invested in the information. We didn't know what it was telling us, but I'm like, I'm just going to study this stuff and I'm going to just, you know, elbow deep, look into like, what are similarities? What are differences? What are, and just, and just start going from there. Yeah, for sure. I think when we think of that time period, and I, I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, in the last four years ish, it's felt like a lot of change, you know, and I think there's been people that have been with us throughout all of that and sort of uh, weathered the the storm, if you will, of, of all of the change. I think the first shift for us was seeing that in baseball, athletes were being radically influenced by proper training. Like this idea that in baseball pitching, you can take a player from throwing 80 and everyone can throw 90 if they train right. And then you can take a professional player who already throws low nineties and you can get them to 95. And everyone was feeling very confident in that. And all of a sudden you watch the game on TV and the college game and every pitcher is throwing in the nineties, you know, and, and we've seen that evolve even since then where now people have, they just actually use their breaking pitches more and, and, really letting training guide that and seeing how much it influences the players. And so for us, I think it was that realization of we could be influencing our players more. Why do we think that as coaching teenagers, we can't, you know, radically change or help them transform more if we give them the the proper training. And so I think there was first a time period of what does that look like, you know, and this shift from, us sitting in these like high energy sessions and telling them their every move to like, Whoa, I might need to just watch a little bit, guide them more, create an environment. And so I think that first adjustment was, you know, that was sort of one of the first adjustments. And then I think we'll, I'll kind of intro this and then we'll, we'll stop here for today and, and kick this off in the next episode. But then I think we realized it's not just skill, right? There's, there's a component of these athletes that needs more than just the skill side of things. We can't just say, you know, you're going to learn this pitch by doing this one little drill, which I think is what we were searching for at first. And when we started finding that, then it was building in more holistic training. And what does that look like? And so we've, we've just had these steps along the way to get closer to that. But I think what it was really guided by was seeing that there are spaces where people have been able to provide a platform where athletes really become their own coach in good environments led by the right information and because of that, you know, really transform. And so this idea, and I think we've heard it a lot in our space, and I think it exists in other space, but just in the softball space of this idea that athletes have certain ceilings and we can't help them and we can only help them so much and, and all of these types of things, like that's always bothered us. And so I think these past few years have been really on a search to prove that wrong and make the athletes believe that that's wrong. And how can I really transform myself? So I think uh, we'll kind of leave it there for for today and kick off uh, the next episode with chapter two, which is really uh, when we started putting all of these in place at S2. So 
uh, looking forward to chatting with you guys next episode. Thanks, everyone. Well, S2 Nation, thanks for joining another episode of the Bet On Me podcast. Go out today, bet on yourself, and remember, when you bet on yourself, you can't lose. <laughs>